0: You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, it is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. On the show today, it is part one of my National League East division crossover first episode that we're doing. I talk with Dylan Short of the Locked On Braves podcast. A lot of fun conversation today. Kind of just generally attacking the division as a whole and where the Braves and Nats sit in that. And then we have a really awesome, fun Acuna versus Soto conversation. Two right stars in this league dylan makes the case for acuna i make the case for Juan soto it's a lot of fun uh part one we kind of just talk about just you know, some general stuff and get into the hitting part two will come out tomorrow we talk pitching and then we actually have a pretty fun segment where we give our comparisons you know we keep calling the national league east a steel cage match um and so dylan and i are actually you know pretty big ufc fans so we make comparisons uh, to certain divisions in the UFC to the National League East. So that's fun. That's coming on tomorrow's show. But today's show, we talk uh, general National League East stuff and then Soto versus Acuna. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, it is the first of many of these. We're going to do some National League East crossover podcast as we get you guys set for the start of the 2021 Major League Baseball season. This is Josh Neighbors here. Joining me is Dylan Short of the Locked On Braves podcast. Dylan, long time, no talk. Uh, You know, it sounds like you're having a rough go of it this morning. Just moved, feel a little ill, but hey, you're here. We're getting after it.
1: Yeah, Braves fans, if you're wondering why my audio sucks, it's because I am currently in the throes of having to go run and puke if I try to set something up. So uh, we'll just deal with this for a day. But it has been a while. I think the last time we
0: talked, uh, we got a little MMA action mixed in there, and uh, I think it's been a full year. It feels like it, right? I mean, we haven't, we know, we haven't talked in a while. I, I remember, I, I guess, I've, I think I've had you on, or we've had, you know, on the show in, in the interim. I, I was in D.C. the last time I think you know I was in the show, and now I'm in Richmond now, and that would have been, I guess, March. So I mean, it's it's been damn near a full calendar year which is, um, it's crazy. And, and how nice is it now, you know, to kind of approach a full season, right? Like it's, it's really nice to be able to, you know, no pause coming in and just, yeah. you know, it, I Thank know the God. world is, the world's still under, you know, still COVID is still around obviously, but um, you know, uh, we have a full year under our belts of, of trying to handle this. We have a uh, albeit shortened, but full season, you know, full, you know, we got from start to finish last year of uh, a season with COVID protocols in there. And, I'm sure we're going to have cancellations this year, right? You know, it's just, it's to be expected. Um, But I feel much more comfortable heading into this season than I did last season.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just happy that we get a full baseball season. I mean, that was, I thought Major League Baseball did a really good job uh, with the 60-game season. I don't like that the Cardinals somehow got a free pass uh, as far as missing games, the Cardinals and the Cubs, when the Marlins didn't. Uh, But I Mm. thought overall, I thought baseball did a, a pretty, pretty dang good job.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Marlins played what? 25 double it felt like. You know, they Something had
1: know like uh, like they was, played a double header every week. I
0: think they played more 7 in games than they played 9 in games. Uh, you know, it, was, it it was weird, but you know, it, it, we we're really lucky because we have a, a division. I mean, lucky I guess is a relative term. If you're if you're a fan of the teams the division, that probably, you know, you don't feel as that way, but um for us it's you know, there's no days off in this division and I wanted to get your thoughts first on a lot of the odds makers right now. I, I have not seen either a book, um, you know, and, and look, uh, bet online, there are our friends, but also, you know, to do our due diligence, we do check other books to see what they have. And um, you know, I in fan graphs and in all these places, you know, I'm not seeing any prediction where it says it expects the Braves to win the division again. And I'd scratch my head. Um, yeah. on that like they should be the favorites uh, until proven otherwise right
1: that, that drives me absolutely insane you're talking about a Braves team that's literally bringing back the entire same mm-hmm. offense minus Adam Duvall and added Charlie Morton and gets Mike Soroka back and you're telling me they're going to lose like 12 more games than they lost a season ago that makes zero sense to me I know the Mets look well in projections because they've got DeGrom and they've got that elite pitching staff but what those projections don't really go to tell you is fit which is why I, I hate Pakoda projections with an absolute passion. Uh, it's it's one like you look at what happened last year. The Marlins were predicted to be last place by a comfortable margin. The Phillies, who haven't been over 511 years, are somehow picked to go over 500. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the Mets very well could win the division. They're not going to win it by double-digit games. No. There's no chance.
0: And what's Absolutely re- none. What's really interesting is this, is that – the, the, what the numbers don't take into account for is stuff like what you mentioned, like this Mets team. You know, I think it's awesome, and I think there's a good chance that it works out. But I know the Braves are awesome. I know, and I and I and you know, the good part of me feels like out of every single team in the National League, they're the closest to being the beating the Dodgers. Do you, do you know why? They they almost did last year. So I feel like you know the whole idea. You know, it's the the numbers kind of don't account for new guys in new settings uh, with new teammates, you know, playing in new ballparks, they don't account for those things. They also don't account for things like, you know, the Braves expect to win the division. They are, you know, that's, that's what this team has done the last, what, three straight seasons. And I almost feel like, you know, to give you a football analogy, I cover the big 12 and look, it's Oklahoma until somebody else beats Oklahoma. It's, you know, it's, right. Iowa State can come around, T.C. can come around, but it's Oklahoma until somebody beats them.
1: Right, and it's just it seems so weird to me that you're going to go with the Mets, and I I get the Mets have awesome players. Jacob deGrom is probably my absolute favorite person Mm. in Major League Baseball. That's including Braves players. I probably shouldn't say that, but it's true. (laughs) He is my absolute favorite player. Mm. And for my money, he is the second-best player in Major League Baseball just behind Mike Trout. But you also have to be able to do the things behind him. And while the Mets have a good offense, they have three to four DHs on a team with no DH. So right. I don't know how you think, but you at some point you do have to play some defense. And for the Mets, there's only so much you can do when you've got J.D. Davis, Dom Smith, Pete Alonso all on the field at the same time. And it's not like Jeff McNeil is a good defender.
0: Yeah, because and, and look, that's one thing that they're going to have to figure out. Like, that's the one thing that I don't think we've accounted for is, you know, it's that that roster is going to take some finagling to get them all to gel together. Whereas the Braves, like, you know, is there, is, are there any questions in the lineup? You know, is there any question uh, it's about basically the exact same
1: lineup from a year
0: ago? And, and I mean, you know, what's super interesting is, you know, I was actually talking to a couple of friends about this yesterday. You know, I actually had a buddy who placed, placed a place to wager on the Mets to win the division. And we get into a little conversation about it. And it's actually, a, you know, a bunch of bu- buddies of mine we're all pretty tuned into the National League East. And we're kind of all consensus besides that one guy. Yeah, it's it's the Braves. And there's, you know, you know what you're facing. And to be honest, I think there's a comfort level. Like, I don't think, for, you know, I don't think Freddie Freeman's going to be what it was last year. But I don't think Not he's going to drop a off
1: 162 that. for sure. Right. Anyway, but, but <laughs> I he's going to be tail off that baby far. Baby. <laughs>
0: I don't think he's I gonna tail off that OPS far. Yes, like Well, and neither is Juan Soto. But like, I don't think he's gonna tail off that far. And I also, I also think it's reasonable to think that Ronald Cunha might be better than he was last year. Uh, and, and so, month last year. So, I mean, I, I think there's a good chance the Braves, you know, set the same pace and they establish. I mean, the question about for them is the playoffs. Like, I, I really do feel confident that they're going to win the division this year.
1: I, I would agree with you there, and that's why I think last year's playoffs, even though we can talk about 2020 and how short it was, and what does it actually matter. For the Braves and for Braves fans, it mattered a lot because it was mm. finally breaking the curse, which has been the thing with the Braves for you know years and years. To go in there and get to the NLCS, even though you didn't win it, even though you were up 3-1 and you had a pretty historic collapse. I felt I was perfectly fine with that. I, I felt that the Dodgers were the better team anyway. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was – I thought the Braves were playing a little bit over their head. Uh, but you came within two innings – Of going to a World Series that I think they would have won. So you go in and you bring it back this year, and you get Soroka back healthy, even if he misses a month. Uh, You get all sorts of players here, and I, I just I don't see how the Braves don't win the division.
0: Yeah, what's interesting about this, like when we talk about the last year, is that to me, the, I mean, to me, like just because you know the Rays in the World Series is not, you know, it obviously does not make them the second best team. Who was the second-best team last year was the Atlanta Braves, right? I mean, I think just from a roster and performance standpoint, it's pretty easy to say it was the Atlanta Braves. And I feel pretty much the same this year. Uh, you know, look, the, the Padres and the Mets can make all the moves they want, but until they they put out the product. Quick pause for the cause today on the Lockdown Nationals podcast. Today's show is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your vehicle. rockauto.com is is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. So note we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Just a quick note, we did have a couple technical difficulties. So this upcoming part now, uh, Dylan hops on the phone and we kind of, our conversation's a bit scattered from last segment to this one. But, uh, you know, we we pick right up uh, in a second here. So just letting you guys know, quick technical difficulty, but we got things sorted out. All right. We just overcame some quick tactical, tactical difficulties. So, so Dylan's on his phone now because zoom is uh, just does not want to cooperate with us, but we're back. So yeah, Dylan, the point was, uh, you know, th- this nationally it's, it's literally all killer, no filler. I mean, the Marlins who are, you know, I guess expected to be the lowliest team uh, made the playoffs last year and we know that they've got a really good young pitching rotation. So, you know, the, the Braves, another reason why I think the Braves are going to win the division is I think their best um, position roster-wise, pitching depth-wise, maybe not Bowman-wise, but at least with the, those first two, to sustain themselves throughout a full season against such tough competition.
1: I think they're the most well-rounded team. Like I think the Mets have the best starting rotation. I think the Braves might have the best defense. That might be the one area where they're best. Um I mean, it's kind of close. I don't know that I would say the the, Bra- the Braves probably have the best lineup. You could make a comparison between the Braves and the Mets there. The Marlins are just a tricky play. Like, to be honest, I don't think the Marlins finish in last. I think the Phillies are, are in last place. I mean, you're basically returning the exact same team, except you added Archie Bradley uh, to what was literally the worst bullpen in the history of Major League Baseball last
0: year. <laughs> I know, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, and one other thing, you know, one thing we really have to get into is – the number of stars in this division, like this number of guys, you know, top flight talent, not just on the field, but off the field, you know, uh, um, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, Bryce Harper, uh, Jacob deGrom, one of those guys, obviously Lindor is one of those guys too. I mean, you couldn't ask for a division with more star power, um, you know, and not just locally, I think for the teams, but but nationally as well. These, these are – these are two teams that boast a whole heck of a lot of uh, two teams. Well, a division rather that boasts just a lot of front end top line talent in a way that not a lot of other divisions do, you know, maybe the national league West, but I don't think there's as much, you know, star power in another division anywhere else.
1: No, you could almost make a full starting nine out of just star players in this division. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really something special. I've not, it, it's, it's one of the reasons why everybody is always picking these divisions to be super close. Um, so I, I get that part of it. It's just, it's, it's fun baseball pretty much everywhere you look. I mean, when you talk about Soto and Acuna and Albies and DeGrom and Freddie and Ozuna, and, mm. I mean, the, the list just keeps going and going and going. It's just, Every one of the teams in this division, except for maybe the Marlins, although I think that they have like 6-0 is one I think he's going to quickly be in that conversation. Sandy Alcantara has a chance to get into that conversation. I think basically every team in this division has one of those star players. It's one of the reasons why I don't buy into the projections that this is going to be a runaway division. Now, to be fair, I've said that for the last three years, and it's basically been a runaway division the last three years, but I think that was more underperforming than it was just the Braves being that much better than everybody else.
0: Let's talk about Acuna and, and Juan Soto. I mean, two of the brightest stars in, in the game. And, um, you know, are you, I, I mean, that's kind of an unfair question to ask, but like, if, if you could pick one moving forward, which one would you pick?
1: I'd obviously pick Acuna. Now I, but, but I will say, I wouldn't be mad at anybody who chose Soto. And that's because I have my comp for these two guys as, as astronomical, like, When I look at these two guys, I kind of see them in in two different respects. I see Soto being a Miguel Cabrera uh, type of guy, a guy whose game is just built to last. Same as like his offensive game is just, it's not, it's going to age very well. It's not going to be one of these quick flashes in the pan. Uh, He's just, he's just naturally one of the best hitters in the game from his Mm. batter's eye to his swing to everything. Acuna reminds me a little bit more of King Griffey Jr. Mm. Where it's. It's flashy. There's every skill you could possibly think of, and it's all predicated on athleticism. I guess the way I would say is, I think Acuna is better at their peak years. I think Acuna is the overall more talented overall baseball player. I think Soto outlasts him.
0: I think it's a great. I think it's a great way to look at it. I think from an offensive standpoint, um, you know, every single day in the lineup, I'm at a point now where I would take, uh, I would take one just because. Like, once again, the, the hitting gifts, just he's got it all, and he just he clearly is at a point where he's continuing to get better. Um, and so I think so, there's something to be said about identification of strengths and weaknesses and continuing to work on those things. I think um, even though it was a shortened season last year, the fact that Anthony Rendon left and Juan Soto performed better, I thought that was going to have an adverse effect on him. I really did.
1: So did uh, I. I didn't I, think there was any way he'd replicate what he did the season before without Rendon.
0: I, I did. T- and it's reasonable, right? I mean, look at the guys behind him. That's Rubio Cabrera and Kurt Suzuki. Yeah. Behind he's it.
1: basically the only, he's him and Trey Turner, are the only two in that lineup that, that really worry anybody.
0: Right. And so for him to, to perform the way he did um, shows a clear maturity, shows a realization of how you have to play and, and how you have to control. I mean, I'm not sure how this is how he looks at it, but you know, what kind of player he has to be to at least give his team a chance to win And for Acuna all around, I would give it, he's much, he's a better player. Um, Like I, I think he has, you know, there are more positive, you know, more plus parts of Acuna's game than there are ones, right? Obviously Juan has to work on his, uh, his defense needs a whole lot of work. Um, That's something that they, that, you know, and he wants to steal more bases. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, (laughs) I'm not, not fully sold on that, but uh, obviously those are two areas where Ronald Acuna excels and, um, you know, if yeah, a round, well-rounded player, definitely. I would say, you know, Acuna. But I, yeah, in terms of at the plate, I think you're spot on. Miguel Cabrera. You know, I think people forget how Miguel Cabrera, for me, in my opinion, I know Albert's right there. Miguel, to me, is the best hitter I've ever seen. Uh, just well, the only I,
1: reason I didn't go career. with Alberts because Albert was a pretty amazing defender too. People forget right. about that with Albert that he was the best defensive first baseman. Maybe a top three defensive first baseman of all time.
0: Yeah, uh, during his prime, especially, um I think in, in the good you know good comp you know with with, with Miggy is that Miggy was is basically been <laughs> an excellent hitter for his entire career. I mean, there's very few years yeah. where there was a drop off. Like 17 years, right? And that's why I say wire to wire, he is the best. He 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 is the best hitter I've ever seen in terms of like a. a a long career, like Mike Trout's best baseball player, period. But Miguel Cabrera has been the, is the best hitter because he was able to do it through multiple generations of new pitchers and kind of, you know, guys, you know, the, obviously the, the spike in velocity that we saw from a lot of guys, you know, he was able to, in the later part of his career, still be a really decent hit, a really good professional hitter, even when his, you know, his physicality uh, began to fail him. Still, you know, a pretty good hitter. And so that's why I think Juan, like you said, that guy is just going to be able to hit his entire life. Um, and you know, he, and I mean, it's, it's crazy because last year he, uh, you know, he and Freddie, I think if you give Juan those extra eight games that he missed from the false positive, what a fun and compelling MVP conversation it would have been.
1: Yeah, that would have been a very, very close race, but it's, and it's, it's funny that you say that because actually, Ozuna right. ended up taking a couple votes away from Freddie because Ozuna himself nearly went out and won a triple crown.
0: Right. You know, how do you was, feel about Ozuna. last year?
1: Was a how last feel, year was a crazy season. How do
0: you feel about Ozuna coming back? I think it's an awesome, awesome. I feel comeback. amazing.
1: Uh, I don't think he's going to carry over that same level of play this year because he's kind of always been a streaky type of guy. Uh, I don't think he. I, I think having him over a two month stretch is a little bit different than him playing a full one sixty two. Uh, but I think he just fits in the lineup. He fits in the ballpark, and his underlying numbers, his batted ball data, has always been elite, elite. So. He just fits this team. There there was nobody else that fit this team. I thought George Springer, if I could just have my my perfect addition from the offseason, George Springer would have been the guy because he's a a good defender and a good offensive player. But there's something about Ozuna that just he just fits the attitude of this team. And it it just feels right having him in there, having him right behind Freddie because you needed right handed power and. I, I think Ozuna is going to have another year similar to his 2017 breakout. I think I think the two years that he was a Cardinal were fluke years, and the fact that Bush Stadium is a garbage stadium, that doesn't play well for most hitters.
0: One more pause today on the show. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. You guys know the deal. Go to betonline.ag today, make an account, use that promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on for a 50% deposit bonus. That means if you deposit $100, they give you an extra 50 to play with. Do not sit in the sidelines anymore, friends. Go to Bet Online today, place a bet, go guys, go find some MLB lines, you know, maybe a player prop, uh, some futures bets. Go find those at Bet Online. Sign up, use that promo code locked on and receive that 50% welcome sign up bonus today. Bet Online your online sportsbook experts. Also, guys, I want to let you guys know this is part one of my uh, of my kind of crossover episode with Dylan. Part two is coming tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, and for them, I mean the lineup too is like you know you got to pitch some of them right, I mean, you got to pitch yeah. somebody in that lineup right. And yeah. uh, all, you know in the front end, oftentimes it, it, it's going to be him. And I, I thought he saw the ball a whole lot better last year than he had in the past. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, definitely. The strikeout rate was down from what it typically is for him. Uh, and it's just every time he makes contact, he, t- he just makes hard contact. And he really cut down on the ground balls, which was, you know, that's always a big deal because I don't care what your little league coach told you, uh, a ground ball is an out mm-hmm. like 95, 96% of the time. Uh, lift the ball in the air. And that's kind of what, what Marcel's been doing, hit it hard. That's, that's, I think he's a perfect fit. And I think, I think just seeing the reaction from Freddie, when Marcel got re-signed, that should tell you everything. Because while a lot of analytics people will tell you that the the protection argument is a myth, I am not one of those people. I think protection is very real. I think it just makes logical sense. Uh, and I, I think that Marcel and Freddie just work perfectly together.
0: I, yeah, and I understand how it's a myth, especially when you watch the Nats last year, right? I mean, like what's – you know, there, there's – you, you got to have somebody, but you know, you got to be able to stack good hitters together, or, or else just things that, you know, it's not going to go well. Mike Trout, perfect example, right? I mean, that that lineup has has lacked protection for a majority of his career. Um, and you, you know, I, I, yeah, I think there is, I mean, I, I resent the idea that the protection is not a thing because you know, I mean, there's
1: there's a reason every player believes it's true. I mean, that's one of those, even if it doesn't show up numbers wise, and you say, oh, well, you know he's like uh, Freddie still hit his best seasons were one season where he had nobody behind him the year with Josh Donaldson, the year with Ozuna. Well, the difference is you can tell me that it doesn't affect what you see. It absolutely affects the pitches that you see and where you see those pitches at. If you've got Nick Marcakis behind Freddie Freeman, you're not going to throw him anything down the middle. Cause it doesn't, even if, if you walk Freddie and you walk, so let's, let's just play this out. And let's say that Freddie's batting third and Markakis was fourth. Like it mm-hmm. was a couple years ago for the Braves. If, you got runners on first and second. You don't mind walking Freddie because even if Nick beats you, it's probably going to be a single at best, a double, two runs are going to score. If Freddie beats you, that's a three-run homer. So just logically playing playing the, the odds there, you're going to pitch more carefully to Freddie than you are if Ozuna's behind Freddie and you can't afford to walk the bases loaded because if you make a mistake to Ozuna, now it's a grand slam.
0: And... I would, you know, spin it to give you the NAS example, right? I mean, Mike Rizzo is a championship winning general manager, and there was a reason that he went out and got Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber. Uh, it wasn't because he just wants individual, you know, it's part of his individual power in the lineup. Uh, he wants to protect Juan Soto. And that is, that is why those guys came. And also, too, you know, it's, it's a good thought that, hey, Josh Bell is the best hitter in the Pirates lineup, and probably, you know, he's not protected at all. He's going to see a, a variety of pitches now. Probably give a, a bit more fastballs in that lineup, right? You probably have to you know get throw to him a bit more and and Schwarber a bit more. You know, I, I don't think uh, World Series winning GM would be building a team and said and he said verbatim, "We have to protect one." I don't think uh, you know. I, I, I and he's right. So the idea that, that the protection is yeah, it, it it's it is mythical uh, as 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 they say.
1: It just doesn't make logical sense. I mean, it's baseball players aren't idiots. I mean, if pitchers think games months in advance, then they can they can look one hitter in advance. <laughs> it's not right. that hard to figure and out. Guys,
0: remember how, you know pitchers oftentimes remember how they pitched certain guys, but I guarantee you that switch is based off a situation, right? You know, I'm going to pitch differently to those right. runners on base as opposed to you know up you know I got whoever behind him or you know what you know like there's there's you're going to be handling these guys differently.
1: Um, I mean, just to use a Braves example, I mean, Greg Maddox has talked numerous times about allowing Jeff Bagwell to hit a home run off of him in the regular season so that in the playoffs, he could throw him a different pitch and strike him out. That is months and months and months later.
0: Evil genius stuff, that is.
1: That's now, obviously, Greg is a little bit different, but yes. that's the way that pitchers yeah. tend to think. Now, they might not think as long-term as Greg. Like, all right, I'm going to give one up here so that when we get to a, a more important situation, he's going to be thinking this pitch and not what I really want to throw. But most pitchers still have some concept of, hey, I'm facing this guy, like, and knowing the next two, three hitters behind him. So especially, like, if hitters and pitchers definitely know which hitters do better off of them. So if you don't think that they take that into account when they're pitching, it's absolutely ridiculous it makes no sense
0: all right that will do it for part one of the crossover with dylan short uh guys be tuned tomorrow it's coming and uh, a part two is going to come we have a really fun conversation tomorrow about a variety of topics but really you know we focus on some of the kind of the keystone issues today we, in, in terms of hitting we talk about pitching on tomorrow's episode I think you guys will enjoy that follow us on twitter at lo underscore nationals follow me at josh neighbors underscore and until next time my friends please stay safe